When I think about one of the biggest organizational struggles independent music teachers deal with, one of the first things that comes to mind is physically juggling all the materials. Now, as private music teachers, we're not preparing the same stuff for 25 students in one class. We're looking at 25 different things for 25 different students. Granted, I'm just randomly pulling that number out of my back pocket, and we don't necessarily have stuff for every student every week, but the point is, we have a lot of different things to keep track of for a lot of different people. In today's episode, we're going to talk through a few different ways we can keep all of our student materials orderly and accessible, including labeling and using two different levels and types of storage. Welcome to the Piano Pantry Podcast, where together we live life as independent music teachers. I'm your host, Amy Chaplin. In this space, we're going to talk about all things teacher life related, from organizing our studios to getting dinner on the table and all that comes between. You'll get loads of easily actionable tips on organizing and managing your studio while balancing life and home. Let's do it. When this episode drops, it will be the beginning of January. Now, hopefully you didn't spend your holidays lesson planning, but there is a good chance you're frantically doing so now as the new semester launches. Even if you put thought into it in December, like I did, the first week or two back to lessons are always filled with gathering materials, printing resources, and planning goals for our students for the next 18 weeks. You might have several students starting new books whether that's moving up in the next level of method or a sight reading or theory book. Maybe you have some supplemental pieces for students that you've downloaded and printed. Perhaps you're printing new technique achievement sheets or have a fun improvisation activity for your elementary level students. Things can pile up quickly in these planning weeks. So where do you put it all so you can remember to give Jessica her new level five technique sheet and Dylan his new chord chart? Let's start with the materials themselves. Maybe you've ordered three copies of Faber Book 2B, two copies of Piano Safari Level 1, and five copies of Celebrate Theory 2. How do you remember what book goes to who? Easy, just label it. Anytime I purchase an item for a student, I stick a post-it on it with a student's name. That way I can stick it in a pile if needed with items for other students and not get them confused. Let's take that a little further, though, and rewind a bit in time. If we're talking about labeling actual books, consider writing the post-it note not just when you have the item in hand, but when you're actually ordering the materials. Back in December, I sat down and planned out what I would need for my students starting back in January. As I added books to my online shopping cart, I wrote a post-it note for every item, including the name of the book and who it was for. Keep in mind, this is going to be much more necessary when you have a lot of students in books. Right now, I have 12 different post-its just waiting for their books to arrive. As I was opening up one box, I remember looking at a book and going, wait, I ordered too many, shoot. But then I looked at my post-it pile and realized, oh yeah, I forgot I wanted to start that student in that book. So label, label, label. Next, let's talk about two different levels and types of storage. When I say level, I'm thinking along the lines of having both a long-term storage solution as well as a day-to-day storage area near the piano. Let's talk about each one. My long-term student file storage is in a filing cabinet in a room just next to my studio. Now, I can still get to it during a lesson if needed, 
but I don't necessarily have those files sitting right next to the piano. One drawer in that filing cabinet houses all of my student files. Each student has their own hanging file labeled with their name. Long-term storage student items might include books that I've purchased a lot further ahead of time than needed. For example, you might have a student in unit five of a seven unit theory book and I went ahead and ordered the book. Sometimes I keep books in there that students may have started with, but we pause to do other things like perhaps Christmas music or maybe they're struggling with it a bit, a book a bit, and we supplement for a while, but I want to remember to come back to the book so I don't send the book home with the student. Otherwise, I forget about it. These materials don't necessarily need to be right next to your teaching space and accessible on a daily basis. On a quick side note, when we're talking about labeling file folders, consider using a label maker. I didn't used to do that, but once I did, I wondered where it was my whole life. They just make things feel so much more neat and orderly. Also, when you're organizing the files, you could do them two ways. You could do them alphabetically by student first name or last name, or the way I like to do it is by day of the week. Monday students are at the very beginning, and their little plastic tab label thing on the, the file folder is positioned clear over to the left. And then the Monday students are all in order, so the very first student that I see at the beginning of the week is the very first file folder. Tuesday students, I move their little plastic name label, label over to the next section. There's usually like five sections that you can do. Wednesday students, their file label is right down the middle. Thursday students are labeled to the right of that. And then Friday students have their little tab label clear off to the right. I hope that kind of makes sense since I'm describing it verbally. Okay, so that covers long-term storage. Next is more everyday storage for items you need to give to students during their lesson. Sometimes I only have one item for one student, and sometimes I have something for every student. It really can vary from day to day and week to week. Where in the long-term storage I find file folders work best, in this instance, I think the type of storage you choose could vary. Some good options might be a magazine holder or one of those desktop organizers that are tiered. You could get ones where either the materials lay on their side or ones where they stand upright, if you can picture what I'm talking about. Since they're tiered, you can use one tier for each student or one tier for each day of the week. You could also just have a smaller file box, like the type that has handles on it and is portable, near the piano. I have what I call a teaching table next to my grand piano that I bought online probably eight years ago that I absolutely love. It's fairly compact, about 18 inches square, with a tabletop area, a small area for hanging file folders, a small open space for storage below that, and then a little drawer. Plus, it's on rollers to boot. I will link to a blog post in the show notes that shares photos in more detail and links to where you can find that online if you want to check it out. Whatever you use, just make sure it fits well into your space and also with your personal workflow. While organizing student materials is an ongoing thing, there are three big times per year we as teachers are going to find ourselves going through this process. Now, that is the turn of the semester in January, the beginning of the summer, and the beginning of the school term. During the first week of the new term, especially the beginning of the school year, I've been known to simply open up a folding table and lay out everyone's materials for the week. If space for a table doesn't allow, then embrace the stack. Do me a favor, though, and keep your stack orderly. 
That is, put the items in order for when students come. Monday students on top, of course, and then maybe even alternate the materials, you know, like side to side so that like some of them are more horizontal, others vertical, and that will help you distinguish from one student to the next, next and not miss any items. Well, my teacher friends, the first episode is a wrap. I hope you found this small snippet on keeping your student materials organized to be an achievable little way to improve your studio life this week and into the future. If so, will you consider jumping over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review so other teachers like you can find it? It's your five stars that will help take it to the top. Don't forget to jump into the show notes for links to items mentioned in this podcast as well as other related items. If you're online, I would love to connect with you. You can find me at pianopantry.com podcast on Facebook at Piano Pantry, or on Instagram at Amy Chaplin Piano. Before we say goodbye, I thought it would be fun for us to get to know each other a little bit more each week by sharing one silly fun fact about me, your host. I'm going to kick off this first episode with one that's always the first thing I pull out of my back pocket. Are you ready to hear this shocking skill? I can say the alphabet backwards in less than five seconds. For real. This was the result of an hour-long bus ride as a child and a friend who practiced with me. Now, because I know you're dying to hear it, here we go. Are you ready to time me? Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-V-C-B-A. <laughs> it was all 26, I promise. Is there anyone else out there that can do this? If so, send me a voice message right here through this podcast. I would love to feature more of you with this mad skill. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here, my independent music teacher friends, and I hope to see you next time. Now, go get those student materials organized.